Hale Varsity Radio every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. On Thursday, show from counterread.com, Brandon Vogel, former Colorado football head coach Gary Barnett, and staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman, that and more. Hale Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hale Varsity Radio. Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. Renew to the other end. Timeout. Where double. Hard bounce. Now the double transfers into the corner and a good find to Galloway. That was a difficult shot. And the lob to Williams to the two-hand flush to start off this second half. But there you go. The inbound comes to Lawrence. He'll dribble it out. Kicking off hour number three here on our Dad Sports Radio, AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. And for hour number three, we're on KFOR in Lincoln as well. We're live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. I'm Ravi Lula. DB will be back at some point probably. We are <clears throat> brought to you by our friends at the Team Jack Foundation. Their 11th annual Team Jack Gala presented by Fat Brain Toys is coming up on February 24th. That is this Saturday, just a couple days from now, in Lincoln. There's many great auction items up for bid. You can find out more and get involved or participate at teamjackfoundation.org. Whether you can go to the gala or not, whether you can participate in this particular event, they've got information on all their events. You can donate directly from the website and find out other ways to get involved with teamjackfoundation.org as well. But that 11th annual gala is going on this Saturday, February 24th, in Lincoln, presented by Fat Brain Toys. Again, check out teamjackfoundation.org to find out more. Joining us now on the War Horse Sportsbook Hotline is our guy, Michael Brunts. How you doing, bud? Not bad. What's going on? Uh, we're having a pretty fiery discussion this morning about Bo Jackson, of all things. Well, there's been several. Yeah. Uh, that's... Rob, Ravi started off by telling me that Nebraska wasn't in the tournament until last night. And not what I said. The great road win in Bloomington was more indicative of, of, you know, where where Nebraska was. He vouched for the committee. And then it turned into. I mean, listen, if you want to cable news this argument and just not represent (laughs) things accurately, that's fine. But what I said was the committee is often stupid and does stupid things. And I didn't trust them to not do a stupid thing with Nebraska if they didn't get a road win or two. Yeah, my point was it wasn't necessarily about the road thing as much as Nebraska couldn't afford a bad loss because winning in Bloomington is no more impressive than losing in Champaign. And if all of a sudden you felt like because Nebraska won last night that they were in, that's a committee problem. It that, is a, that, that was my point. It is a committee problem. I agree, but it's a real problem. Uh, Brunts, there's not a question in, in there anywhere, just thoughts. Well, no, no, Brunts can have Any an thoughts? opinion, though. No, I, I'm just listening. I'm getting caught up, which I appreciate. I, I, you guys haven't gotten to the Bo Jackson part. Oh, now that I'm kind of out of. So, of course, Michigan lands cold. And we were talking about somehow it started with severe because he called in. Mm-hmm. And running backs came up. Mm-hmm. 
Lance kind of dropped in Bo Jackson late. Well, we only gave him about 90 seconds, which he was yeah. he was salty about. And he had to get in and get out. Listen, and it's I, a hard out. I don't and know I said I did not put Bo in the the GOAT discussion. And then Ravi went off. Bruns, how many how many games, career games, do you think in the NFL Bo Jackson played? Oh, boy. Not many. <laughs> not many. That's correct. Uh, it is not many. <laughs> <laughs> and and he and he does. So the thing about it is, why everybody's mad at him is. So I, my buddy messaged me. He's and he goes. So let me get this straight. Trevor Lawrence is a generational talent, but Bo Jackson is is overrated. And then Ravi went ham. Well, because people don't know the, the don't know words, <laughs> and they think overrated means bad. Wait, you said you said Bo Jackson is overrated? Yes. A million percent yes. Here we go. Wow. That's a take. <laughs> no, it's not. A, it, yeah, it is a take, but it's accurate. Brunts, if I told you that some dude that played 35 years ago and had barely played one NFL game for each year he had been out of the NFL, because that career number's 38 total games, and we're still talking about him the way we do today, uh-huh. that is overrated, my friend. Now, I'm not saying he wasn't talented. Okay, but what he actually accomplished on a football field compared to how we talk about him is the definition of overrated. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Hey, th- then, he got, then he got into his eight. What do you think his OPS is? Career. That, that's, what, that's what we're going to? OPS? That's what Ravi went to, Bruncey. <laughs> I'm just saying he runs up an outfield wall and we think he's like he's, he's Jesus Christ himself, but no. Like I just, I'm curious what his career OPS is. If he's so good, if he's the best dual sport athlete we've ever seen. Are you gonna are you gonna ask me what his VORP was? Is that where we're going next with this? <laughs> well, probably not that good because he didn't play that much. So a replacement player just being on the field would probably be helpful. Oh. Uh, do, you know, do you know what his uh, his WAR was? His, his WAR. I do love like a good, for his career. I do love a good WAR. I'll look it up yeah. for you here real quick. Yeah, I, I, uh, yeah. It's, it's higher than I would have thought. It is pretty good. It's 8.3, which is good for eight seasons. That's not yeah, bad. For a guy that's overrated. He is overrated. I was mostly talking about football, but I'll throw baseball in there, too. <laughs> he only had three seasons where he got 400 at-bats, Brunts. Like, you have to be on the field to be great. You don't have to be on the field to be talented. You don't have to be on the field to be talented. You don't have to produce Robbie, to be talented. Robbie. You do have to be on the field oh. to be great. He's one of those rare people where, like, if I told you like a Bo Jackson story, you would like I could not make it as outlandish as possible. Like that's how good of an athlete he was. Like he's if, if he like ran up a wall with like a, a a group of children on his back while teaching them to read, I would I would probably at least consider that. That that's the wait. Did that happen? That's yeah. what Bruns would say. Wait, wait so was he teaching the children how to hey, read? What, hey, what was the children teaching the him book? how to read? Was it like Shel Silverstein? Was it Dr. Seuss? Yeah, that was in, that was in the 88, 88 All-Star game, I think. Um, 89 is when no, he actually made the All-Star team, I, I but that's okay. That's, that's the intrigue of Bo Jackson, and I, I think there's very few. No, uh, listen, I agree. Very, I agree. But, it's but, the intrigue of Bo Jackson, not the production of Bo Jackson. It is the intrigue of Bo Jackson that we are intoxicated by. I know, and that, and that's that that's why he he's not. Uh, I, I don't think he's overrated. He, he's not overrated because of the mystery we surround him with. Yeah, that's right. I, I think there's very few people that you can get to that point with. So I think he's appropriately rated. 
I, 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 I don't mess with those people. I love He's John delivery. Bunyan. That's, that's what he is. It's just this Mr. This is it Paul? Paul, Paul Bunyan. I don't know. John Bunyan was probably a John guy Henry. Too. So John there's Henry. Both. There's Brother. both. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 a pro, and a, apparently Bo Jackson was both because he's the greatest thing we've ever seen. Brunch, your low key snark is, is, is unmatched. <laughs> It is. Yeah. He, he's I like, just, no. Uh, I, I, find, I find the disparaging of Bo Jackson a very strange hill to die on. No, I'm not disparaging Bo Jackson. I'm disparaging the way people view Bo Jackson. Well, I'm not. I think I, you're wrong. I'm not. I will never say anything bad about his athleticism or his ability. Just his actual production on a professional field of any kind. Got it. That's and, all. And, and Great commercials, though. Wow. See? Wow. See. Robbie's a double down guy. I heard he I heard he played tennis too. Maybe we should see how he does. So so Brunson he would probably do pretty well. (laughs) I mean, I don't know, he struck out 172 times in nineteen eighty nine, so he might not hit the ball a lot. I I just don't understand why you're getting in the stats to disparage Bo Jackson. That's just not the because what we're doing. Production matters. Listen, if people are gonna get all and this is where it started. This is where I got mad. If people are going to get all in my face about Trevor Lawrence not being productive enough for me to call him a generational talent, then I'm going to get all in the stats to tell you that Bo Jackson didn't do Jack Diddley as a professional athlete. You seem very hurt right it's, now. It's, you got- it's Bo Diddley. Oh, shoot. I messed it up again. John Henry. <laughs> Paul Bunyan. Bo, didn't Bo Diddley, wasn't he in a – he was in a Bo Jackson? Yes, he, yes, he was, Bruncey. Did you see what I did there? I'm old. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm, I'm old. I like though. that. Hey, I, like that. I caught it. So, so Nebraska's got their rotation set, and I, I was a little worried about Christo's health. I know they kind of shut him down late um, before the season started, just to kind of build him back up. He got some innings in over the weekend. It was good, not or was not great, obviously. But he gets the Thursday start against. A team that can really hit the baseball is—is is this a good litmus test when you look at how they set this pitching rotation for this weekend? Yeah, I mean it's a—it's an interesting decision. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I, I think that—that that was kind of the—I think that was the plan even coming into last weekend because you, you had to set things up with the four-game series and with the Thursday game. So mm-hmm. the idea was they would throw Christo Sunday get him ready for Thursday it's it's he's had an interesting year right like he goes to Alaska in the summer and actually was he was pretty good he's good uh, if you look at the numbers uh in the fall he was really good you know was sitting 95 um you know had had kind of found that cutter uh and, and and pairing the slider with it kind of slider cutter I guess whatever you want to call it um, and then, you know, you get to the spring, and, and things were looking pretty good, I think, early on. And like you said, I, there was a an outing where it, it just everything was off, velocity was down. Yep. And, you know, I think they're trying to get him back to kind of what he was in the fall and, and just kind of finding that feel of things. And, and I, when I talked to Will in the fall, I mean, the, the changes they've made with, like, his, his delivery are just really slight changes. Um and, and, you know, I, I think it's just a matter of kind of trying to get back to, to that. So we'll see we'll see if he can do that. I mean, I, it, it's kind of hard, I think, for, for fans to kind of see the results that he's had in the past and then kind of trust how good he was in the fall without seeing it for themselves. So 
you know, we'll, we'll see kind of which, which Drew Christo you get. But, I mean, if he's on, I mean, that, that's a pretty good right out of the gates um, starting option. I, I, you know, the, the thing that, you know, I think is kind of happening too, they really like the potential of the, the freshman Horn and, and Timmerman. Timmerman, and, and for they, sure. They, they, they threw Timmerman twice this weekend. I, I I wonder if by April he's forced his way in, into the rotation, but I think right now they're kind of doing everything they can to kind of keep him in that that bullpen role that that you know he just kind of has the temperament for right now, uh, without putting too much on his plate. So I think that's kind of how you ended up with with Christo as your guy on Thursday, and then kind of the the same weekend as as what you had in Texas. Brunts, as you kind of look at, okay, obviously they went one and two in their opening. Uh, kind of neutral site showdown uh, down there in Texas. They've got four games against Grand Canyon coming up, then four more at College of Charleston before they make their way back uh, to Lincoln in, in the beginning of March. In your mind, how, do, how does that eight-game stretch need to go for Nebraska for them to be where they want or need to be before they start off at home here? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you, you want to win both series. I mean, I, I think – I don't think those are probably sweepable series uh, by any means, but you know, I, I think you kind of need to start to see some of the results for for playing good baseball. I mean, I, you come back from Texas one and two last weekend. I didn't feel like Nebraska really played, you know, one and two baseball. Mm. I mean, I, I think for the most part they were fairly in control of things. Obviously, it got a little sideways on them in the ninth on on Saturday and Sunday, but. Um, you know, I, I think that was kind of the most competitive out of the gate you've seen um, in a true non-conference since Will Bolt has been head coach. Um, you know, I, I think they, you know, had some arms that looked really competitive, guys that are going to do really well in the Big Ten and, and, you know, in the in the midweeks. And, you know, the, the hitting, I think you've got to probably adjust the approach a little bit. Um, you know, the strikeout numbers are a little bit higher than you'd like, but they were, uh, you know, breaking a lot of guys into new roles. So, you know, I think the next two weekends you need to start kind of seeing a little bit more uh, of the results, I guess, um, for for kind of the way they played. Um, you know, I, I thought that ba- even that Baylor effort, and I know Baylor's going to be kind of down in the Big 12 this year, but that they, they, Nebraska just kind of hung in there and, you know, it was really good in the late innings. And I, I think that's kind of what the staff wants to see out of uh, this roster is just that toughness and, and guys kind of in the fight for nine innings. Yeah, baseball is weird like this because it is so numbers-driven. And maybe I jinxed Nebraska early. It was just the opening weekend. But I think that's exactly how slow bleed there. But if you're looking mm-hmm. at how they want to play, isn't that the recipe, keep it close and win it late for this team? Yeah, I mean, you, you look at the way – I mean, just compare this year's bullpen to last year's bullpen. I mean, it, last year it was basically how much could you get out of Shea Shanneman and, you know, maybe you, you get somebody else that can give you a couple innings. And, you know, I, I think for the most part this past weekend, they were able to kind of line things up the way they wanted. I mean, Sunday they had to go to the bullpen a little bit earlier than they probably would have wanted. But, um, you know, they've got veteran guys that, you know, have – have been closers at other stops, guys with, with kind of back-of-the-bullpen type stuff, um, you know, guys coming out of there with, with big sliders and, you know, throwing mid-90s that they haven't had for the last couple of years. And I, I think that will help them in tight games. I think 
I think they wanted a roster, too, and, and a lineup that could kind of force the issue a little bit more than what they had last year. I think this year they can play a little bit more small ball. Um, they've got more speed on the base paths, which helps. I mean, I, I think Riley Silva. God, he can fly. Uh, yeah, I, I think he, he really you know had a pretty nice debut, I think. Um, you know, with Overbeek being out with a broken, broken finger for a couple weeks uh, at third base, I, I think you'll have to shuffle some things with your, your batting order. But, um, you know, I, I think the offensive approach and, and kind of how they want to do things is a little bit more what they have this year than maybe what they did last year. I mean, that's not to take anything away from Max Anderson and Bryce Matthews, but, you know, I, I think this, this lineup is a little bit more equipped to go out and get a run or two late in the game than maybe what last year was where – you were kind of sitting around on the base pass waiting for somebody to hit it out of the park. Yeah, this, the seven attempted swipes, I think, is about accurate for how the season's going to go. Do you think the strikeouts, maybe not so much the ratio, but do you think how this team is going to approach hitting that those K numbers could be disproportionate or chalk it up to just being outside opening weekend? Yeah, they're higher than they want. I mean, I, I think – I think this lineup they were hoping would be a, a little bit more of, you know, put the ball in play and, and, you know, kind of use your speed a little bit more. Um, you know, you kind of go back to the fall and, and maybe what guys have done in the past. I mean, Brumba at the top of the lineup, Silva's this way too. I mean, those are, those are contact speed guys that can get down the line in a hurry. And, you know, I, I think, I think part of it was probably the, the opening weekend jitters. I think part of it was guys pressing a little bit and, you know, they also saw some really good pitching. I mean, that, that's, that's the other thing to keep in mind is, you know, Texas Tech has some guys that can really pitch it. Oklahoma, too. Yeah, and, I've, I've watched them a little bit against Oregon State yesterday, and I, and I, and I get it. You know, it's, it's two ranked teams, and it's a Wednesday game. But I actually think both those teams could be pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, it felt like that, that weekend in, in Texas felt a little bit more like what you'd get in, like, late April or May um, from a series versus um, just right out of the gates of February. I mean, Nebraska would be better off for having gone through that. But, um, you know, I think lineup-wise, I, I, I think the, the strikeout numbers were too high, and, and, you know, they just need to be a little bit more competitive with some of the at-bats. We're talking with Michael Brunson-Husker 24-7. that you've kind of marked as a potential red flag or area of concern that you're going to keep an eye on as we uh, head into this next stretch. Maybe strike. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, you, you're, you, you were coming into the year replacing two guys that were kind of your – you knew were your Friday and Saturday night starters. And, you know, I, I, I don't know that Nebraska kind of has their, their mix figured out yet and kind of what that looks like. I mean, I think Sears was good. I think Walsh – you know, has been through it all. I think he's going to have something to say for it. Um, you know, we'll see if Caleb Clark can can bounce back from the start that he had. I mean, that, that's kind of the 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 question I have is, is who's going to be that kind of third guy? Maybe it's Christo. I mean, it, we'll see. I mean, that that's something that they, they've got to get figured out a little bit. Um, you know, the bullpen piece of it too is interesting because you know that they, they went to a couple guys twice in a weekend and. You know, the, the second time around, guys weren't nearly as sharp as they had been the first time out. That, that's that's something I think you kind of have to figure out sometimes is, you know, who's okay with coming back and, and pitching on a Sunday when you have to get out and, and you know, having your, uh, you know, your pitches be as good as they can be or, or you know, hey. still getting outs when it's not. Are so. you describing a guy like Dice? 
Uh, Dice, I mean, Perry was kind of that way, too. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know that he was nearly as sharp on Sunday. Um, so, I mean, that that's something I think guys have to kind of learn, um, you know, once they get into the season. I think the coaching staff has to be aware of those things, um, you know, and, and kind of the, the, the order that they go. But uh, that that's that's kind of, you know, one of my concerns. And, you know, the not having Overbeek in there, he was great this, this past weekend in the field and at the plate. And, you know, I, I, I don't know that there's a perfect option just kind of ready to slide in right behind him. So you're going to have to get that figured out too. Uh, let me change gears real quick to hoops. And uh, is there a guy that you kind of gravitated towards that you enjoy watching for Nebraska basketball? I mean, this one was easy for me. I, I went with Bryce Williams just because um, he's very unassuming, and I, I love his personality, mm-hmm. and he's got a pretty full toolbox without getting a ton of ink, right? Uh, is there a guy that you kind of gravitated towards? I mean, I, I would have said Williams. I mean, I, I think he's one of those guys where, like, he'll have a quiet first half, and he – he, he won't even kind of have a great second half or a loud second half, but you kind of look down at the stat sheet at like the under four media timeout, and he's got like 11 points <laughs> and like five rebounds in the second half. Well, and the, the, the biggest shot that he hit last night was the, the pull-up off the bounce with not a rebounder in sight. Mm-hmm. He shot it like no big deal, and it silenced the crowd to kill the run. And it just yeah. looks like a bucket, right? It just it goes in the stat sheets as a made field goal. But I was like, who shoots that? Yeah. Well, he always seems to kind of have a knack late in games for making one of, like, not even a scoring play. Like that block last night was like a grown man block mm-hmm. with his like, left hand. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, he's made a few of those plays late in games in, in Big Ten play where you're kind of like, okay, this is this is the kind of guy that you go into the transfer portal to find. Like you're, you're trying to find somebody that's mature, that's been through it, that just makes those like mature veteran plays when you need it. And I, I think that's, he's been a really important piece that maybe kind of hasn't gotten the, the headlines in part. Cause he's like you said, Damon, he's not a real flashy player. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I, I think, you know, when you kind of get down the stretch here and, games get tight, I mean, that that's a, a really valuable person to have out there on the floor for you as a guy that just has been through it and is, is just, you know, kind of frankly unflappable. And, by the way, it doesn't hurt that he also makes his free throws late in games. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's, that's been something that, uh, you know, Nebraska's kind of struggled with for years. Bruns, is there any part of you, got about a minute left here, that wishes he'd mm-hmm. be a little more assertive? And because he does have a really interesting skill set, he does have the mm-hmm. ability to kind of take these, you know, FU shots to shut the crowd up at Assembly Hall. Like, is there any part of you that's like, man, Bryce Williams, I, could I get like 10% more out of you? Back and watch how silky smooth he was on that pull up. Yeah. That was like the biggest no, no, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> like a little bit more aggression, you know, like a, just a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a fair question, and and that's you know I I think one of the questions coming into the year is like okay who's that guy if you need a big shot at the end of a game I mean I, I think it's probably Williams mm-hmm. but I mean I agree I mean I I, I I think he could probably be a little bit more assertive but I also think he's a smart player and kind of kind of just knows where he fits and, and there's value in Imagine if we get that. He doesn't have to shoot it like that, but the under-control version of Marcus Lawrence, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That would go a long way. You don't have to go 5-5 five five from three, but 
the handling of the basketball decision making. I'll take it. Michael Brunson, Hunter 24-7. Brunson, we appreciate it as always. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, guys. Take care. We've got more uh, Herd Out Sports Radio. That's what it's called here. Coming up next. Hail Varsity Radio, every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. On Thursday, show from counterread.com, Brandon Vogel, former Colorado football head coach Gary Barnett, and staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman, that and more. Hail Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hail Varsity Radio.